Welcome. This is Unfolding, the show where I talk to creative business minds. My name is Marco Pfann and today we are talking to the mother of social media dragons. We are talking to Dot Lung. Today we are here with Dot Lung, the mother of social media dragons and I really admire Dot for what she has created over the last, what is it, a decade already? How long are you in this game already, Dot? Oh, it depends where you want to begin. Um, I guess my freelance career started when I moved to Spain in 2011. So what, it's been 12 years now that I've been freelancing, um, doing different gigs and working all around the world. Um, but if you ask about when I started social media, well, that must have been before Facebook. Um, it started on MySpace. <laughs> okay. And so that was in high Ooh. school. I was already really into Zanga, you know, um, blogging on Zanga and then like MySpacing in high school and really taking care of my personal brand image um, on all of those platforms. <laughs> That's crazy, like MySpace. I, I guess a lot of people don't even know about that anymore. So we had a pre-ramp conversation. I would, I really loved all the, where all the stories that you have told in the last conversation we had. So, and I, I remember a few things very vital. So, um, you just, you didn't just go into this, like, it wasn't like your plan to do all those things you're doing right now right so t tell me what did you start off with what what was the thing you actually went out what was your path so i had no idea what i wanted to do as a career as a matter of fact when i got started social media management was not even a real job title so really i kind of just went with the flow and um I started out wanting to make a lot of money, right? That was kind of like why, what, what the idea was, like the general idea when I like started, yeah. you know, like building my career, I was like, oh, I need a job that pays me like six figures a year so I can like take vacations in Hawaii. That was like my American, you know, mindset of like, oh, let's go like climb the corporate ladder. So that's what I tried to do right after college. Um, and I realized that made me miserable and I didn't want to like go vacation in Hawaii and, you know, drive a Mercedes and, you know, have a new Louis Vuitton purse, uh, every month. Like that was just like that, that was kind of like the vision that was like sold to me, like, you know, what success looked like, um, you know, living in a consumerist American society. But in the back of my mind, I always knew that I wanted to travel abroad and I wanted to work abroad internationally and I wanted to live in Barcelona. I had like a very clear vision of like me living next to the Mediterranean Sea on the beach in Barcelona somewhere. And that was kind of like my goal for many years, like after I, um, you know, was after I visited uh, Spain in, in college, my second year of college, I did, you know, a study abroad trip and I fell in love uh, with Europe and just living in, in Barcelona. So when I was 18, 19, I already developed this vision of me living somehow abroad. I didn't know how I was going to make it happen, um, but 
eventually, you know, I did everything that my parents wanted me to do. And it, you know, it made me miserable. So when I was 25, I finally said, you know what, I quit, I'm quitting life in America and I'm just gonna, you know, move to Barcelona and figure it out when I get there. So I just took the risk of believing in myself and my dream and packed everything up, sold my car and decided that I'm going to figure out how I'm going to make money and live abroad and make my dream come true. What did your parents say when, when you, when you just confronted them with the news that you're moving to Barcelona? You know, I think at this point, because at the point that I moved to Barcelona, which was like right after I turned 25. So, um, it was like the summer. I remember it so clear. It was like June, 2010 or 2011. And I was like, I need to get out of here because I'm so depressed. I was getting so depressed, like just driving to work, sitting in 405 traffic. If you're from LA, you know what I'm talking about. It's like the worst feeling in the world when you're a young 24, 25 year old, and you're just like trapped in your car trying to like drive to work. I was just like crying and sobbing. Like in my mind, I'm like, I'm not supposed to be stuck in this traffic. I'm supposed to be like in Barcelona, like having fun, siesta and fiesta. And like, this is not like, my life is not going in the right direction. This is not what I had envisioned for myself. Okay. And so I think like my mom understood how unhappy I was doing, you know, this corporate life. And, you know, I started like, you know, I got myself intentionally fired somehow. And I just started, you know, really kind of getting off track of what, you know, my parents had wanted for me. And I think I just told my mom, like, listen, I, I want to try living in, in Europe. I'm going to figure out how to make it work. I'm going to apply, you know, to school, maybe do my master's there. And I just know that I don't want to live here anymore. And my dream is to live, um, you know, abroad. And so she actually really supported me because I did it her way my whole life, right? I did it her way, my, my mom, she immigrated. She's a single mom. She immigrated to the U.S. from Taiwan. And they just want the best for you. They want you to be a doctor, lawyer, or accountant and want you to have a successful life, you know, with a 401k, health benefits. And I just kind of threw all that away. And because I had vision, envisioned something different. So she just said, listen, I'm going to support you. Like, I'm going to help you get by your one-way flight. So she actually helped me. She's like, this is my gift to you. Like, if you want to go do this Barcelona thing, like, like, I'm going to buy you a one-way flight. So my mom, 100,000%, like, finally, like, I feel a lot of my life in the beginning, I was, like, always rebelling against her, you know, like, fighting against her and what her wishes were. Um, But in the end, when I told her, this is what I really want to do, she supported me a thousand percent. She helped me sell my car. I had like, you know, my grandma's old Acura legend. Um, I was driving and so she helped me sell the car. So she, you know, and bought me, you know, as a gift, the one way flight and said, you know, 
good luck. If you, you know, the worst thing, like the worst thing that I knew that would happen to me is like, oh, I'd have to like move back to California, move back into my mom's house, which is like not the worst thing in the world, but it is kind of the worst thing in the world. Um, so yeah, I think basically when I, when I told her she wasn't shocked, um, because she knew that was what I, what I had always wanted. And when I told my friends, they were like, Oh, finally, like you're going to go, you know, try it out, like pursue your dreams, like do what you always wanted to do. So I usually don't talk much about the past of, uh, of my guests, but in your case, it's really, I, I think it's really incredible because you did something that a lot of us don't, which is actually just stepping out of your comfort zone. I guess, um, I mean, you, you are super successful with, with what you do, but it's also super unique. Like there wasn't anyone doing what you've done really on a big scale, uh, like you do it now. So what's, what's like one, one thing, one, one secret that helped you actually to get out of your comfort zone? I'd like to think, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a big risk taker and I'm, brave and courageous. And the fact is that I wasn't, you know, I was actually, I took a bet on myself. That was like the biggest risk I ever took. Um, but to have like courage to put yourself outside your comfort zone actually is a very slow process. It doesn't happen overnight. Like I didn't just like suddenly get the courage to leave LA and like start new. It happened slowly over time. It took me many years to like be comfortable, um, you know, with the idea that I might not be comfortable for some years. And actually those first years when I moved to Barcelona and I literally was living off of 600 euros a month, like I was, I rented like a shoebox apartment. It cost me 300 euros with all the utilities. I couldn't even afford like internet to use Wi-Fi, So I would like use free Wi-Fi you know, in all of the cafes. So I just like had a really, um, you know, humble start when I decided to, you know, start this new life, this new dream life I had envisioned for myself. Um, it was not comfortable. Like I didn't have a paycheck. I didn't know when money was going to be coming in. So that actually, I would, I tell you with the, the truth, with total transparency as those were the most exciting times of my life. Like not knowing, I had no idea what was going to happen in my future. I had no idea how I was going to get work, how I was going to get a visa. It was really exciting, right? I remember like we would go, you know, to go have drinks and I would literally buy a hara of beer, like a pitcher of beer, because it was like cheaper than buying water, uh, you know, in Spain, like alcohol, beer and wine is so cheap compared to, you know, soda or water. So I would just, you know, I'm, I was like really trying to like be frugal and, um, use my money wisely because I really wasn't getting paid much. And, uh, you know, the salaries and, um, budgets are a lot lower, um, in Spain. And so, you know, I was able to get by, you know, I was kind of like, just, just 
surviving for the first couple of years, right? Because I didn't have a visa, so I couldn't get a real steady job. I was, and that's how I started freelancing because I was needed a hustle. I needed to get, you know, any kind of work. So I was like, Oh, I'm suddenly a web designer. Oh, I can do copywriting. Oh, I can, you know, uh, get your coffee. Like just give me any job. I will design your logo. So I started doing a bunch of like just random things that I could, that I knew how to do on my computer. I definitely wasn't the best. Um, but I tried really hard. I tried, I, I literally needed to make ends meet. So I would do web design. I would do logo design. I would, you know, eventually I figured out that people were hiring me to make their social media posts, like write content for their social media and build their Instagram. And I was like, holy shit, like people are going to pay me to like post on Instagram. Like that's so easy for me. <laughs> right. Cause I was like posting all day long just for fun. And I was like, Oh, and now I get paid to do this. Um, so it was really, it took a lot of time just to be comfortable in knowing that it's going to work out if you want it bad enough, cause you will find a way. And so that courage and that bravery comes through the every day, like building it up little by little. And every day you're just, you know, you do a little bit to survive. You're making it. And like, even though it's so uncomfortable because you literally don't, know what the future holds. Um, those are those times is what really builds your character so that you have like, can have a growth mindset and believe in yourself that you can make things happen for you. And that, you know, to every entrepreneur, to every person that wants to do their own business, you must have undeniable self-belief in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. And this is one of the things that I wish I knew earlier on is that, well, I could have like moved to Europe, you know, way earlier when I was like maybe 18, when I left, you know, my, I could have left my house when I was 18 as most Americans do, but I had to go to college. I had to like do, you know, things my family wanted me to do, even though I knew the moment when I was like, 18 and I wrote this letter email to my family. Like, wow, I really love it here. And I don't want to come back. Right. I don't want to come back home. Um, but I didn't have enough courage then. I didn't have enough confidence or maybe even belief in myself and education to know how I was going to make ends meet as an 18 year old living abroad, not speaking any languages at that point. Um, except English, like how I was going to, you know, do it. But to answer your question, you know, to get to become like brave and courageous, it's a daily practice of believing in yourself and doing the things that you say you're going to do. So practicing that integrity um, with yourself is super important, like having integrity for yourself and and doing the things that you say you're going to do, that's how it starts. That's how you can start really building courage and more bravery and take bigger risks because you believe in yourself so much. You said a lot of amazing things. One thing that stuck with me right now is um, you didn't know what the future holds. 
What's so so? What's your idea about the future now? What's the idea of dot in let's just say three years? And what's your idea of social media in three years? Right, you are the expert here. Where's this all going? Wow. Well, those are two different questions. So one is, what does the future hold? Okay. Uh, for me personally, like what I see for the future. And then one is what does, what is the future of social media? Is that correct? Let's start with you. What's, what's your future? Where are you going? What, like, what's your drive? What, what do you want to build? What do you want to do? I know you travel a lot. You love food. Yeah. So currently what I'm building right now is something called creator camp in Barcelona. And this is how I'm going to be using my investment property um, that I just purchased last year in Barceloneta Beach. So it's literally two blocks from the beach. And this is, you know, a two bedroom, two bathroom, like super small little uh, loft right in the middle of the plaza of Barcelona. Because this was where I started my career and where I want to give back to early stage creators, people that are just starting out in freelancing and social media. And this is a space I literally made like one Instagram reel about how I'm creating, you know, Casa Dragon. It's a home for creators. And I had literally Ugh. two of the biggest brands reach out to me about how they want to like sponsor um, this creator camp and they want to sponsor, you know, this whole Casa Dragon idea that I just, you know, imagined because I wanted to just have a place where I can welcome, you know, other people from around the world that are traveling, that are making content that, you know, also work in, you know, digital marketing, like to have a home base for them and that a place where they can create content and create videos. And this was my dream, right? This was just something that I, I dreamed up because ultimately my goal is to have four different locations, um, you know, homes all over the world where I can travel to in different seasons. So, you know, I can go to LA, I go to LA, my family's from Los Angeles. So, you know, we have a house in Orange County that I can go spend time with my family, um, you know, in the winters. And then in the spring, you know, I'm usually, um, uh, in Barcelona for, you know, business and life and, and work. And then I, you know, travel a lot right now from Barcelona to Tel Aviv because my life partner is from Israel. So I've been spending a lot of time in Tel Aviv and Tel Aviv's wonderful um, to really, you know, have a different vibe. So just being able to be on three continents um, had always been a vision of mine that I wanted to, you know, be a global citizen and live in different parts of the world. And it's something that I'm actively pursuing and achieving and, you know, really eating my way. You know, I have a hashtag that's called eat with dot. Um, it's all about where I'm going to eat on my travels, where I'm traveling to, um, and where I'm eating. Right. Because I think like you can learn so much from cuisine and food and the local, um, history of the people. So it's been, it's been a pretty wild ride. And so in the future, I think I really want to be able to build community in, you know, three 
like these three locations, which is California, Southern California, um, Barcelona, you know, and then also in Tel Aviv, all very sunny, sunny, warm cities. There's something in common with all of them, which is the beach. Um, I grew up in Palos Verdes, so it was very close to the sea. It's, you know, we lived on a peninsula. So I noticed that there's a pattern in the places that I like to go and I like to live, which are all very similar to the subtropical Mediterranean climate that I grew up in. It always has to have a beach, the sea, you know, you can go up to the mountains very easily, but, you know, you you have um, that SoCal, um, Californian, uh, Barcelona, Tel Avivian pizzazz, or I don't know if that's the right word, but it has like that vibe of, you know, everything's super carefree, everything's Sababa, Tranquilo, um, everything's okay, right? Like it's um, kind of the mindset of like how I'm cruising, actively like cruising through life and enjoying um, all of these different places. And it's um, it, what's really amazing is that I had no idea how I was going to build a location independent business. And it just happened organically on its own because I had a vision of me like traveling the world and like living in different places. So the only way that I could, you know, for my business to be successful is, is that it was online. And, and that was just, you know, a whole journey, business journey in itself to creating my identity of, you know, the mother of social dragons Um, And this persona that is totally invented, right? I totally created, you know, the mother of social dragons and the strategy. And it it was totally made up, but it was something that we needed to make so that, you know, I could have a, a following, a brand, a community. So that took, that didn't happen overnight either. It took me like eight years to finally post a selfie of myself because I, you know, I was so embarrassed to be in front of the camera. Now really? it's like my full-time job. I need I to like, you know, do these podcast interviews and like show up on stage and like, you know, be on stories all the time. And, um, that's kind of, you know, especially in the beginning of building it, that's kind of was my life, right? Like really building a personal brand and, and creating my Instagram account. So I, I invested a lot of time in that and it's really paid off um, exponentially. Like it's, it's really the moment that I was, I started showing my face on the internet, which was the scariest thing ever. I was a person that was managing corporate accounts, you know, like branded accounts. I was a person behind the camera. But the moment that I started showing my face, like yeah. that's when everything changed. Like. I started getting more invitations to travel the world and go eat in amazing places all over, um, in all, in every continent. It's, it's been pretty insane. I've traveled and worked in over 38 different countries. 
um, speaking, getting invited to different conferences and doing workshops all around the world. And that's because I started showing my face and, you know, educating people on what I, my strategies and what I do, um, via Instagram and sometimes on LinkedIn, I'm, you know, not so active as much on LinkedIn, but I know it's one of the most powerful platforms. So when you, when you ask about, well, what's the future of social media, I think more and more people are going to be able to utilize and understand how powerful these platforms are, um, for you to connect with your tribe, your people, your customers, your community. So this is, uh, this is the power of social media that it can really make any dream come true. At least it has for me. So I, I'm a true believer, right? I'm a true believer in all Zuckerberg products. I think they're all, um, they, their one mission is to connect the world. Like, how can you not love that? I, I, I love his products, not his, I mean, his, you know, I love Meta, you know, everyone that works at Meta, you know, the, the, you know, they're one of my clients and I love all of the culture at Meta. I love what they're doing. I love how they, you know, ship fast and break shit. I'm just like a huge supporter of, you know, the Facebook platform because it was the first platform of how I was able to really get notice and expand my career. And then Instagram product, which is one of the most visually stimulating and exciting places to be, at least for me, when I got started, you know, now people are, you know, switching over to TikTok and they're, you know, on threads, um, and, and these new platforms, which, you know, frankly, I, I know I'm getting too old for this shit, right? Like I know that I am getting too old like, to get, to keep up with all of these things. I used I to do too. interviews. I used to do like interviews and fast, like, Oh yeah, I know exactly what's happening on all the platforms. And now my, my philosophy is like, stick to the platform that you know, and you like, and you enjoy using and your community is there. Like, there's no point for you to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, go start a new LinkedIn or become a LinkedIn or person if that's not where your people are. I know my people are on Instagram because I love being with creatives, designers, artists, and they're on Instagram. That's where I hang out. That's where I jam. It's like, do you go to Starbucks or do you go to, you know, Coffee Bean? You go to the place that has your cup of coffee, your cup of tea. And that's kind of like social media. All of these different mediums like our different social circles and different types of communities. So you go where your people are and yeah, the future of social, I think it's going to be, you know, a lot more one-to-one. Okay. I think we started out social media as like one to many, like, Hey, let's broadcast and tell everyone what we're doing. And, you know, like let's get millions and millions of followers. I think that was you know, social media era one, right? Like the first era okay. of social media, let's get tons and tons of followers. But what I really, really see now is the strongest communities are private. They are not, um, you know, it's not about, you know, the masses. It's all about, it's all about quality and relevance. So you really need to have for, at least for me, what's important is, high quality people around me. Right. So that's kind of, um, what's more important is not having, you know, a, a hundred thousand followers or a million followers, but like 
you know, having a thousand of, you know, the top people, you know, the top people around you. Um, I think that's much more powerful than, you know, having millions. I mean, it depends what business you are in. Right. But in my business, in the business of like influence and entrepreneurship, like you don't need to know, you don't need to have a million followers. Right. You just need to have, you know, the selected curated high quality community. And so I'm seeing a lot more, um, use of close friends, like on Instagram, there's like close friends. There's also subscription. I think we're moving more into like a closed community. Um, and that's great because that means we have deeper connections and more closeness. We can feel, um, more close to the people, um, that we want to connect with. And at the end of the day, you know, what as business people and, you know, as social media people, our business is connection. We are in the business of building relationships and that's what, you know, that's what I'm here for. That's why I'm on this podcast, you know, like we're building a relationship. Um, you know, we, we may or may not do business together, but we're building this relationship to see how we can grow together and how we can support each other. And that's kind of, you know, the community that I'm building and the people that I want, uh, you know, to be part of my social dragons community, um, so that I can, you know, I can be successful and give more and teach more and, um, help more businesses and they can do the same and I can support, you know, it's, it's, it's an ecosystem and that's the power of social media is finding the right people to be in your ecosystem. I love the idea. Like it's from moving, like the whole thing is moving from one to one to one to many, uh, sorry, from one to many to one to one. That's actually a really nice picture. I think that that really sums it up very nicely. One question, because I work with a lot of freelancers, but also like high level executives and it's always the same issue they have. I tell them, you got to get on social media. You got to show yourself at least write some texts. Now, the, the one thing they always struggle with is actually getting on camera. And you said you had the same problem. So, like, how did you overcome that obstacle? Yeah, it, it was, it truly is one of the biggest struggles. Um, and the number one tip that I can give, and excuse my French here, but it's something called hashtag DGAF. Hashtag don't give a fuck right? DGAF. <laughs> and this has been the mindset that we are, we're all creative. We suffer from perfectionism and, and perfectionism yeah. is just another word for insecurity. So I Ooh. didn't know how insecure I was until I needed to appear on camera. And you can even take a look at my videos. I always had to have like all my makeup on my eyeliner. I had, my hair had to be perfect. Because I was just so insecure that people were going to think, you know, that I'm not pretty or I don't look good. I'm not, you know, and, and at the end of the day, what I teach, you know, in my dragon's formulas, the A is for authenticity, right? Like the more authentic you are, the more people will actually listen to you, will gravitate to you, the more they will you know, have things feel like they have resonance and, and relevance with you. And 
when I started practicing more and more like DGAF is like, it means like, don't be afraid to just be yourself. Right. Because we are all, a lot of us are really insecure and we feel like, oh, we have to be a certain way and we have to act like this and do this so that we can seem like, you know, make appearances. And the way that social media works is like, you can't fake it till you make it because if you fake it till you make it, you will attract fake followers and the wrong type of people following you. If you really want a Ooh, true gung-ho nice. community, the only way you can do that is to be true to yourself, to be authentic, to be you, because that's how you're going to attract the right people. The real people is if you are real. So what I started to do is like, you know, you can see my videos. I started you know, slowly, even in this podcast, I didn't put any makeup on this morning. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to like show up as my true authentic self. And yes, I, of course I like, you know, I love to, you know, look dress well and look good in business meetings. I, you know, I have a front, you know, I have a, you know, public figure that I have to, you know, present professionally. And, and I do do that. And that's, you know, um, important for me. That's part of my brand. Right. But you also have to, you know, show a layer of like who you truly are. And, and that's also important, right? Because we're not all perfect. And I think when we're able to let go of that, let go of our perfection monster, let go of, Oh, what if they think, you know, all of these insecurities, these like messed up things that we think in our head, like, Oh, I'm not good enough. Or, Oh, all your, your imposter syndrome. And like, Oh, people are going to laugh at me. Like, Oh, what if I don't get that many likes? All of these things, like you, you suffer from it. I suffer from it, but you know, the successful people, they do it and then they keep on doing it. Even with all of that doubt, even with doubting themselves. And, and I've, do it too. I just like made a post and it totally flopped. Right. I got like 10 likes. It was, you know, and I was like going, I like felt bad about myself. I'm like, no, like, this is stupid. Why are you letting like likes define how amazing and awesome you are? Right. You're amazing and awesome. If you can have a total flop and you keep on going because that's how you makes a successful social media account that you need to keep on going, even if you have the flops. So yeah. And so appearing on camera, I'll tell you how I overcame my fear and, and, and what I started out using a lot of filters, right? I remember, I think it was like the era of Snapchat. So these, these like AR filters were like, getting really popular. And so I started like doing some short, very short videos, like using the filters and just like getting comfortable with my own face. Cause I don't know about you, but you know, I I hate the way I sound. I hate the way I look, you know, we're like very critical, self critical of ourselves, but it's really just like getting used to, you have to like get used to looking at yourself on camera, get to get used to hearing yourself and how you sound. And as you like get used to it, as you create more, as you do more, it becomes a little bit more comfortable. Like it, you get a little bit more in your comfort zone. So I started using these filters, like talking and like, you know, with these filters, because the filters, I feel like it hit, it still hit, it was still a top layer. 
So, you know, people couldn't really see all of my freckles and like my wrinkles, whatever, you know, things that you're only insecure about yourself. No one else actually sees this shit. Um, so I started like using filters and then what actually happened is that I had, um, in 2000, in 2019, I moved to Tel Aviv and I hadn't really gotten much into video, but I had worked on my first course with Domestica, my Instagram strategy for business course. So that was the first time I literally sat in the camera for five days talking to a camera. And I was like, holy shit, like I'm a goddamn professional. I fucking know what I'm talking about. And I did it all on camera and I couldn't even believe myself. Right. So that was a practice in itself. Just like filming yourself talking about your, what you do and how you do it. Filming a course like that really helped me get more comfortable talking to the camera. And what I learned is that people love it when you talk to the camera, like you're talking to your best friend, like I'm talking to Marco right now, right? Like there, there's this type of intimacy and realness that, that that's why people love looking at your stories. That's why people love it when you show up on camera, because there's this, there's this affinity and it's so raw and real because you're just you talking to your best friend. And that was a trick that really helped me, um, figure out what is my tone of voice? How, what is my style of talking? Because I needed to, you know, just talk like I'm talking to my best friend in the world. And that made people feel closer to me and understand me more and hear what I'm saying. And, and it, um, that was something that helped me. And then the other thing that really helped me was, um, when I moved to Tel Aviv, I, had this whole marketing plan of like how I'm going to launch my brand in Israel. And I had, I had literally an an amazing event um, called social media Mondays where we meet every Monday, every month at meta playground It's called Facebook playground then, which is, you know, this amazing space they let me use because I would be interviewing, you know, the top people in digital marketing, the top people in branding, and we would have a fireside chat. And it was this awesome event. I invited all of the, you know, amazing digital marketing people to this event. People were so stoked about it. And then COVID happened, right? And then COVID, everything started shutting down. My event got canceled. And I was like, oh my God. My plans are ruined. I am never going to like be able to get any business in this new country. Like, you know, I'm fucked. And what actually ended up happening, I moved the event online. So I started doing social media Mondays on Instagram live during COVID. Every Monday I would interview someone um, on Mondays live. And when you are live on video, there is no room but to be yourself. You know, you have to really get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So if try recording yourself on video for hours talking about yourself and what you do and how you help people, try just degaffing and then try doing it live. Because when you are live on camera, There's no more thrilling, nervous, exciting feeling, right? Like, you know, like everyone's, even if it's just one person watching you, like it's kind of this like really adrenaline rushing feeling that there's all these like 
people you don't even know that are watching you on camera. And it's kind of like weird. And I was, of course, very, very nervous. But as I practice every week, I practiced live with one guest. I got better and better. And I got so good at it that people were like, wow, like, Dot, you're really like natural on camera, which I thought was hilarious because it was like literally the scariest thing ever for me to do. And people and people started inviting me to their lives. They they started like inviting me to like do these live videos and live conferences. Um, because they're like, Oh, you, you're a natural. And I'm like, that's hilarious because I literally just practice, practice every week and like almost faked my way to it. But it's more about allowing myself to mess up. I allowed myself to like, you know, not be perfect because I knew it wasn't going to be perfect. Sometimes, you know, the internet crashed and you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable situations. And that's how you can, get better at video is just putting yourself out there on live. It's fucking scary. Um, but that's how I was able to do it. Just taking, taking the risk and allowing yourself to mess up and be, and look stupid because you're never going to get better at something if you don't practice it and, you know, look stupid at first. And this is the same thing with your social media. Like you're not going to have the perfect Instagram post. If you're just starting out, it's not going to be perfect. Like, look at, I, I keep all of my history on Instagram so people can see like how I started, which was absolute shit. Right. And then it gets better and better and better. Like you only get better with practice and you only get better by allowing yourself to make mistakes. I love what you just said is uh, that it's actually about the practice. Yes, we know that. But it, what you said, like what's different here is like you said, you actually practice this live, right? There's a difference between practicing on like in a safe space when you record it, you delete it, but you just went out, right? You're full in, like all in. You, you just did the lives every Monday. How long are you still doing this or how, how long did it go for? Yeah. So I was doing it for quite a, some time um, for sure. Like, you know, I think it was for sure six to 12 months. I was just during COVID like mm -hmm. lockdown. I had nothing else better to do. Right. Um, and so I, I have like this marketing Monday program inside my subscription. So if you subscribe now to my Instagram channel, it's like four ninety nine a month. And then I will go live every Monday now. So we talk about social media marketing tips, um, freelancing, entrepreneurship, just whatever the community wants to, you know, chat and, and learn about. And I used to basically do that for free, you know, on, you know, on my Instagram live channel, just with my friends, right? Because I want to help them launch their books. I want to help them launch their courses and I'll, I'll, I'll do it sometimes randomly, but honestly, this past year I've been really laying low, um, cause I'm building out some new content and, and I'm building out a new course. So I'm just laying low on all of the live stuff currently, but you'll see me as soon as I'm launching, um, a new product, like a course or a program or whatever I decide to do in the future, like I'm going to be on their live um, probably with you, Marco, I'll be live with you. I'll be live, you know, with Joel, I'll be live with, you know, all the regular, um, usual suspects. And yeah, I, I really in, 
didn't enjoy it at first. I hated it. Actually, I was doing it every week and every week I'm like, oh, why am I doing this to myself? Like, this is so painful. Like, you know, but it was, it was like going to the gym. It was like, oh, I hate going to the gym, you know, but you feel good after it because you get in the practice, you get in the, you know, and I, I remember like the first, like my first time as your first time on in front of the camera was actually in my domestic course too. That was like, and it's like, I think you had the same experience. Like it's a few days, right? You, you shoot for a whole week. The first day was terrible. Like I was so like stiff and, and frightened and, and they came with the makeup and I double checked everything. It was like, I was so stiff towards the end. It was really enjoyable. And what I would have loved to continue doing this, but it's like, you need something like this, right? You need something like, as you said, like maybe the Instagram life, maybe just getting out in your safe community, just, just practice by actually doing it. I will really like, uh, I really love that you talked about this. You just said you, you're preparing a new course. What's that all about? So I've, created two courses now with Domesca. The first one was Instagram strategy for business growth. The second course was personal brand strategy for social media. And this third course is actually all about how to become an Instagrammer. So it's really about influencer marketing and how you can monetize uh, your social media account. So I'm going to really dive into some of the brand campaigns that I've worked on, the ones that I've worked um, and negotiating for influencers and how we charge uh, $30,000 for a reel. And these are the things that I want to show that Instagram nice. influence and social media marketing is a serious business. And this is how you do it like a dragon. <laughs> nice. When is it coming out? I want it. I'm going to buy it. It's going to be, you know, we're actually in the early stages. Um, we haven't filmed it yet. We were, we're probably going to film it in late September, maybe October. So, um, then it needs to go to the editing room. So I don't, I think it maybe will be out by the end of the year, if not for sure, um, early January, 2024. Um, but it's all of the, it's, it's basically the business that I'm in right now, which is supporting influencers with influencer campaigns and supporting brands with influencers. So I'm working a lot now in the influencer marketing and affiliate marketing space, um, running different campaigns for, you know, Adobe notion, um, bloom.io, which I know you, um, which you know about. So just different types of tech SaaS products and working with the top tier influencers, on building, um, the campaign strategy and, and the content. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun and I'm, and I get to show some of the projects that we're doing and yeah, that's the third course. The third course is how you can take everything you learn from course number one, course number two, and then start monetizing it in course number three, which is, you know, what everyone wants to, wants to know. So I, I actually, I watched all your stuff. I love it. Uh, and the reason I love it is because it's not just a top level service stuff. It's really goes deep and you don't seem to hold back with, with anything you do as in this podcast. I, I really think I, I have the feeling I should pay you for this conversation. And 
I'm really excited about this new new course coming out and like how you monetize Instagram probably has some notions on for other platforms too, or at least the general idea how you can do this. So I'm really excited about that. Dot, it was a pleasure. I want to be really respectful of your time. I know you have a lot to do, a lot on your table. That was an amazing talk today. Thanks for all your insights, all, all, the, all the stuff you've shared. One more question. What's, what's a message, like one message you want to leave the audience with? Ooh, that's a good one. I think, um, I think I'm going to leave you with this because yesterday I was with a friend and, and just, you know, this is what's on my mind right now. Um, and I think it goes something like, be good, do good and feel good. Like do good, be good, feel good. And the rest will come. So I think that's, that's truly, you know, the path. Yeah. Be good, do good and feel good. Be good, do good, feel good. And the rest will come. I love it. Thanks so much for your time. And I hope to have you on the podcast some day soon again. Till then. Yes. Have a great day. I hope so. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm so excited for your community to hear this podcast. And if anyone wants to connect with me, I'm always available on Instagram at dot lung. At dot lung on Instagram. Thanks, Dot. I'll put uh, I'll put the post below this video. It's going to be in the comments and it's going to be on the website too. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Marco Pfann and I hope to see you all again on our next show where we unfold creative business minds.